Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Higher Pursuit podcast, where we are pursuing our highest and best in Christ together. Well, peeps, today is a lovely, cozy, snowy day here in New England, where I'm sitting in my toasty office. And um, so today I wanted to share with us about woundedness. Yeah, woundedness. Because actually, you know, life wounds every one of us. Disappointments, betrayal, our own mistakes, and the selfishness of other people can leave deep and lasting wounds in our hearts. Sometimes I think we feel like we've moved on from a situation that caused the wound and feel like time's healed it. And it's just, you know, water under the bridge now. But underneath the scar tissue of the memories lies a festering sore that hasn't healed like we thought. And we're not even conscious of the wound's existence or its effect on our lives. But if we're honest, we can see how in certain areas of our lives, we are being held back from our highest and our best. Something seems to always hold us back just that little bit. We're not experiencing complete joy, or we're not experiencing our complete potential, or we continue to fall back into old habits and negative mindsets. We continue to repeat the same cycles and mistakes. So let's talk about this. What causes these limitations and repeated trips around the mountain? I believe that many times, many times, the issue is woundedness. Like an infection seeping into our system and causing widespread and varied symptoms throughout our bodies, the infection of woundedness keeps us from the complete freedom that Jesus purchased for us. The enemy has a goal and a plan. If he can't take our eternal identity then he'd like nothing more than to see us lead an impotent life bound in misery until we die. And when I say impotent, I mean a life that is not fulfilling all that God has for us, not just the things he's called us to do, but just the peace and the rest that he's caused us to enjoy, that the peace of knowing that we are accepted in the Beloved the peace of being able to fellowship with the Lord, the peace of knowing and that that strength, internal strength of knowing that we are in lockstep with God's will for our lives. And that's a powerful place to be. And God's plan is the exact opposite of the enemy's plan. Jesus said this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's talk about that for a second. I don't think any of us would intentionally walk into a situation that we know is going to steal, kill, or destroy from our lives. So how does the thief get to do that? Well, he masks destructive uh, results, destructive choices in positive and alluring bait with alluring bait like trapping a mouse in a trap 
a mouse is going to walk in for the cheese. And that's what we do. So we walk into situations or we adopt habits or mindsets or we take on pursuits that we think are going to make us happy, that we think are going to bring us fulfillment, that we think are going to make us the person that we want to be. And then it doesn't. And we find out that we have actually been stolen from or our joy and our peace have been killed or relationships or or success has been destroyed. Jesus said, though, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that's found in John 10, 10. So that abundant life, my friends, includes healing for our woundedness. I don't know about you, but I realize where I'm wounded by how I react when life presses on a certain spot. Just like a bruise that doesn't hurt until I touch it, certain wounds can seem to be gone until life presses on them. And then all of a sudden, I am keenly aware that I'm not as healed as I thought. I find out I'm wounded when I find my faith in certain areas becomes hard to walk out because of past failures and disappointments. Or when I find that my love walk is hard to maintain because of past betrayals. Or when my identity in Christ becomes hard to hang on to because of my awareness of my own personal failures and my areas of unworthiness. Have you been there? Have you experienced that? Maybe you're experiencing that right now. So what do we do with our woundedness? Well, I don't know about you, but I've tried many things to heal myself. I've tried listening to sermons, podcasts, and reading books. I've tried going to groups that deal with the topic I'm struggling with. The thing that has worked for me is bringing all of my woundedness in all honesty before Jesus. Now, I think it's human nature to hide our woundedness and be ashamed of it. None of us want to be wounded. None of us want to be broken. We want to have it all together. We want to be strong and confident. We want to be the person that everyone looks at and says, wow, they are really moving forward with their lives. They are moving and grooving. So when we find out that we're wounded, we try to fix it, right? And then approach the Lord. The perfect example of this is in the Garden of Eden after the fall. What did Adam and Eve do? They hid themselves from the Lord because they were so ashamed of their nakedness. We're no different. When we become wounded, we take it as a slam on ourselves. You know, we're broken now. So we try to cover it up and mask the wound, not just to ourselves or to others, but we try to mask it to God. And this is all backwards. Our only hope for healing is to come to the healer. The Bible calls him the balm of Gilead. And when I say balm, it's B-A-L-M. That is, it means it's a, a healing ointment. So Jesus is a healing ointment and a restorer of our souls. In him and only in him, our faith and hope are rebuilt And we're strengthened and we're put back on course. Woundedness takes us off course. It pulls us into one ditch or the other. 
one ditch that woundedness can pull us off into is just the ditch of throwing up our hands and saying, I'm a mess. I'm always going to be a mess. Everyone I know with this wound is a mess. I've never seen anybody move forward in their lives. Everyone in my family is a mess and on and on. So we just resign to not even trying to receive healing or to move forward with our lives. We just stay a victim. And the other side of the ditch, the the ditch on the other side of the road is to overwork. I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to put myself back together. I'm going to work harder to heal myself and I'll be fine. Just give me time. Well, Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, when we see the word brokenhearted in the Bible, it's easy for us to think talking about, you know, romance or, or relationships. That's, that's a brokenhearted person. But no, somebody with a broken heart is somebody whose heart of faith isn't functioning the way it should. We all know people who have heart problems. And when somebody has a heart issue that isn't being taken care of, they have no energy. They're tired all the time. And at any moment, their heart can fail. And the Lord says that he is near to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isaiah 61.1 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus talking. He's um, Isaiah is talking about the messianic pro- promise, the prophecy that Jesus actually spoke. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. When we're wounded, we are captive and we are prisoners of that woundedness. But Jesus came to bind up our broken heart, even if it's in a million pieces on the floor. So what is this process of having our broken heart bound and finding liberty and freedom, what does that look like? Well, what I do when I realize that I have a spot of woundedness remaining under the surface is I approach the Lord on my knees. Yeah, physically on my knees. I find a portion of scripture that deals with my woundedness and then I come to him most of the time with my journal and confess. The fact is, It is sin for me to remain wounded when all healing has been purchased for me. Allowing my wound to live when I've come to the realization of its existence denies the work on the cross for me. It's exalting a lie. Now, bear in mind, God isn't angry at us or at our woundedness. He has no anger for us because It was all satisfied on the cross. God is just, he's our good father who's gently revealing our woundedness to us so we can repent of our ways of clinging either to the resignation of throwing up our hands and saying, what Jesus did for me isn't good enough and so I just have to quit or of falling into the other ditch and work, work, work. I will make myself. I will save myself. I will heal myself. Both of those mindsets 
are antichrist mindsets and they deny what Jesus did for us. So in my honesty and my confession, I release my pain, my frustration, my disappointment in myself, and I release it to him. And then I cry out for healing and for strength. And I cry out for faith to see myself the way he sees me and to see truly who Jesus is to me so that I will stop exalting my woundedness either in my conscious mind or in my subconscious mind above the victory of Jesus that's being played out in my life. So I want, I do want to add this. Some wounds may be so old and deeply entrenched in our personas that it might take more than one visit to the great physician to complete the healing. So don't grow weary in well-doing and don't give up hope because your healing will soon appear. You may have to add fasting to your prayer if you're serious about finding healing for your soul. Here's a scripture that talks about that. In Isaiah 58, I'm using verses 6, 8, and 9. The Lord God says, Is this not the fast which I choose? To loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Now, that word yoke, I realize this is an audio podcast, so you can't see what I'm reading, that scripture that I'm reading. And it's Y-O-K-E in the English, which is not talking about an egg yoke. It's talking about a yoke, that that wooden piece that they would put over oxen so that the master could drive those oxen in the direction that he wants. And the Lord does not want us to be yoked to the enemy. He does not want the enemy of our soul to be able to drive us in the direction that he wants. The Lord wants us to be yoked to him because he will lead us into paths of peace. Jesus even said, take my yoke upon you. He was saying that he was going to give rest to our souls, that he was going to give us life and peace. His burden is light. And then I'm going back to Isaiah now. It says, then your light will break out like the dawn. When? When is the then? When we fast the way the Lord tells us to fast, then our light will break forth like the dawn and our recovery will speedily spring forth. So that's what we need to understand. Sometimes when our wounds are old and deeply entrenched, we might have to add fasting to our prayer. I know that the enemy has tried really hard to put you on the sideline and reframe who you are in your own mind so that you never rise to your full potential. And if you see yourself as a grasshopper through the eyes of your woundedness, you'll never be able to rise to your identity in Christ. Therefore, if woundedness has an evil purpose, we might need to to fight and use the weapons of our warfare that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what the Bible tells us. We might have to go into battle 
using the weapons of the word of prayer and fasting to secure our freedom and our healing. But listen, my friend, you are worth the effort. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that your wounds can never be healed, that this is all there is. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that you just need to work harder. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and fix yourself before you can go into God's presence. Attaining healing from woundedness is vital because we're not the only ones impacted by our healing. Did you know that? Yeah, we can rejoice as we feel strong and loved and healed, but there are people watching your life who need to see a God who heals. They need to see that their woundedness can be ministered to by the Lord Jesus Christ, who not only knows them and loves them, but beckons them to come to his presence for healing. Our testimony of being broken and messed up, yet loved and healed, is the story that so many people need to hear. So, let me ask you these questions. So what about you? Have you become aware of an area of woundedness in your heart? Do you struggle with cycles of doubt? What about sadness or chronic disappointment? Ungratefulness, jealousy, bitterness, or unforgiveness? Because these are all symptoms of woundedness in our emotions. We need to ask the Lord how and when we became wounded and then to ask the Lord to heal that wound with his love and mercy. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming in the flesh and bearing the justice and the punishment that I deserved when you died on the cross. Thank you for opening up the way for me to come back to the Father and receive healing for every area of woundedness. There is now nothing in this life that can pierce me that your love and mercy cannot heal. There are no mistakes too great for your compassion. Praise you, Jesus. There is no wound too obstinate that you can't sanctify with your grace. There are no lost causes with the Holy Spirit. We are not too broken for you. We are not too far gone in any area that your love can't restore us to newness of life. So we receive, we receive your love for us today. We receive your healing for our woundedness. We drink in your grace to change how we think and how we feel about ourselves. We are in Christ. So now, old things have passed away and all things are new. Amen. Amen. Well, my friends, I bless you and I call you blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.